Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's guest is Big Gus. I don't know what, do I usually say welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast? I don't know why I did that. Oh, whatever. I d- now it sounds real weird. Big S is on this episode. Um, we uh, had a, He's a repeat guest, and uh, this is a good one. We talk a little bit about Gus himself, uh, tattooing. We did on the original one, too, but he opens up about his health. He had a bad health scare, I think, about three or four years ago, maybe three years ago, and he, uh, he's lost 205 pounds, man. It's great. Uh, and I open up about my weight a little bit. I'm a big fucking fat ass, so I talk about... Uh, you know, I need to lose some weight too, and uh, I've been trying. Been doing the keto, drinking white claws, and have fucking assholes like Danny Delta dude make fun of me. I know it's fun. I'm just fucking around. I'm not an insecure guy. I know I'm a fat piece of shit, so it's fine. <laughs> but uh, it was a great, it's a great episode, and, and and we had a lot of fun on these episodes. You can tell sometimes I had a couple fresh ones, cold ones already, uh, because uh, I line them up. So this is like the third guest of the day, and. We redid teas, so you can imagine how the first one went. And, uh, yeah, it's a fun time. Me and Gus have a lot of laughs. I talk in Spanish sometimes. And that's about it. This uh, episode is sponsored by Save on Tackle. Save on Tackle is located in Santa Fe Springs. I'm sure everyone knows where they're at. If not, you can go check them out on Instagram at Save on Tackle or go to their website. So here's a quick little ad from them. Check out Save on Tackle for all your bass fishing needs, from finesse fishing to large swim baits. We have been focusing on growing our selection to meet the needs of the most serious anglers down to the beginners. We are always ready and eager to help our fellow anglers. It's a great shop. They're helping support the podcast, and they do have a lot of stuff. Tons of swim baits now. So if you guys want to go uh, look at them, you know, you're a person that wants to see the swim bait in person, they probably have it. And uh, that's about it. Next week, we have uh, Evan Salve, and this week's bonus episode will be on Thursday, I hope. Been super busy doing honeydew list and getting my boat fixed, uh, so... I'm thinking it's going to be Dude Fish and John from Stabin Anglers are going to have their little, uh, like a, it's a two, two person episode and we kind of talk about both of their deals. So, uh, yeah, I got a lot going on. We have some great episodes coming on. I'm working on the charter. We should know something by maybe the end of the week. And, uh, I want to lock it down to where we can do a full charter, not half. So I kind of want to wait and hopefully they open that up in July. We'll go from there, but. Thanks, guys, for listening. Appreciate it. Once again, if you could give me five stars and a great review on iTunes, I'd appreciate it. And I'm trying to catch up on YouTube when I can. Sergio Pedos. Orale. Hey, so this is a guy that uh, was an OG. 
I'm going to say it like you were on like the first 10 or 15 episodes uh, when we tried to start this shit, and uh, yeah. Gus kind of helped out, man. Yeah, yeah. Kind of helped move it forward. And not only that, he made us a sick fucking design for our 100th episode, so I really appreciate that. You're very welcome. You're very Big welcome. supporter from day one, and I want to have him back on because he has a lot of shit going on. He's got Swim Bay Culture. He's got Fish Elite. He's been catching great fish, dude, and lately, <laughs> I mean, we need to talk to him, dude. Yeah, What yeah. the fuck is going on, Gus? Tell us. Oh, you know, trying to trying to live life and uh, raise a bunch of kids because I, I can't stop having them. <laughs> <laughs> you like shooting loads like everyone else, right? Oh, man, no. <laughs> I'm on my sixth kid, man. I'm freaking, I think oh, I'm cutting them off after God, this. Oh, my God, dude, you got it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm on three, and I'm, I mean, I'm four, I'm 39. Uh, I had my three-year-old I mean, 46, seven, I'm mean, a 36, seven. It's fucking hard, bro. It is. It right. Is. The older you get, it's like, like you said, this is one thing I'm going to tell you guys. You pay attention when you get older. Cause we were talking about it. And I'm like, yeah, I have a fucking 15 year old. And I'm like, ah, oh, it was easy. Well, it's like, I told you, man, it's like, everyone's always like, Oh my God. Like now that you know, you're older and you're having kids, everyone's like, it's so much harder now. And like I told you, bro, I think it's because you're just more involved than you used to be. When right. You're younger. I agree a hundred percent. When you're younger, you're just like, oh, balls to the wall, I'll go to work and do this, and mom handles everything. And and now that you're older, it's like, oh, you're more involved. You're there every day. I know, man. I'm right there with you. Are the baby sees you? You're like, oh, I don't want to be a dick. Yeah. You know, like you'd say hi, hang out. But um, other yeah, than they that, go like crazy, and then they look right? at you, and you're like, oh, I love you, Mija. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, but thanks for having me back on, man. I'm hey, stoked thank you to be for here. coming on, dude, yeah, and thanks for stoked. all the support you've done. Uh, let's talk about Swim Bay Culture because it's something dude, you started, I want to say, what, eight months ago, nine months uh, ago? No, Swim Bay Culture, I, I want to say we're getting close to a, a little over a year now. Okay. So, um, but it's grown so much. I'm like, wow. Yeah, it's growing in an insane rate. You know, I mean, it's like uh, tripled what Fish Elite has done. Um, when I made officially an official company, which was about seven years ago now, it's it's tripled what officially has done in one year. You know, it's it's insane to see the growth of it. You know what I mean? And um, just being involved with like the right guys and and the right people. And again, everything that I do is driven by my art, right? So it's like, uh, yeah, that's I don't know, I don't know what's what's going on. Maybe. I'm just so good at this, like, social media thing. But you're, <laughs> but you're doing positive shit, too. Like, so, like, Most definitely. Like, uh, the whole thing when you're doing, like, uh, autism. Do you, do you don't have a child that has autism, do you? I do not, but the way that I was involved with autism is my godson, Damon, has autism. Really? And, oh, uh, man. Yeah, so he's 16 now, um, but since he was little, that's how I got into autism awareness from the beginning and uh, i've been doing it ever since you know what i mean that's so, amazing bro yeah so it's a first-hand experience like these parents did have children with autism and uh or not just parents but aunts <clears throat> uncles friends family relatives you know they the people that are around these children know how much more attention they need and and, and that level of attention and love is, is i agree 100 man i agree 100 like so, that's that's a hard thing to take care of like with yeah. the, when you have a child and you got to give that much attention to that child yeah yeah most definitely you know um, so i just kind of wanted to bring awareness you know i've done it in my tattoo community for forever bro like uh i think the most i ever raised was like one hundred twenty thousand a year for wow, autism dude, that's one year amazing. that was the most i ever did one year and uh so since the kind of like i'm not i mean i'm highly involved <clears throat> in my tattoo community still but not 
as involved because, you know, I've been having a lot of young children lately and I stay home more. So I figured why not do it with um, with the fishing community. Yeah. And I reached out to a couple of friends and they were down. And, bro, it just, you know, it was, it was difficult at first um, because, one, nobody knew who owned Swim Bay Culture. And so one thing about Swim Bay Culture when I started it was I didn't want no one to know I owned it because I wanted it to grow organically. You know what I mean? Like... Officially, I kind of used my name to grow it, um, but Swimbait Culture, I didn't want to have, like, no association tied yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. Especially because, like, how this com- Swimbait community is, like, oh. You let's know, just say, pol- let's make it short and sweet. Want- <laughs> There's politics, and, you know, let me tell you something. I've been tattooing 24 years, and I know all about politics. And uh, and you've been Swimbait fishing for a long fucking time, Oh, too, yeah, bro. Right? I mean, I'm 42. I've been doing this since I was, like, 19, my First bait I ever threw was a cast ache fucking two pounder. Fuck, bait. dude! Remember those cast ache, those old ass baits you bought at so Walmart? So it's cool to hear about it, like from you and T. Like, yeah, like dude, they were fuck, ugly, man. but they, they drew fish and whatever, and uh-huh. I really didn't know what I was doing and throwing it on an ugly stick, and um, and then I got. Hey, this is what I love. Everybody, like I talk about my PB, my PB was a trigger ugly stick with a uh, Abu Garcia ambassador. Yeah, T's was the same thing. Your same thing, uh, getting on the ugly stick. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like cool. Like we, that's what we knew. I, I didn't fucking. This was ten years ago. I didn't fucking know. Oh, for me, this is oh god, uh, almost twenty years ago. So I mean, ninety nine, like, fucking yeah, yeah. You know, I just got out of high school. Yeah, and I was. I've al- I've always been fishing my whole life. So I mean, I started fishing when I was like four or five. And people, and, and if people don't know who what Gus does, you can listen to his podcast. But let's do a quick refresher. Like, yeah, yeah. You kind of like done something pretty fucking cool, man. You have a pretty successful tattoo career, and you had a fucking TV show, man. I mean, yeah, thank that's you. what was so cool is that Gus took his time out. And uh, I'm going to say something else. This is what's cool about Gus. Okay, Uh-oh. he might not like it. <laughs> he took some shit wrong that I posted. Okay, and it was an accident. And this is how social media work. Okay. He put something off on UFO baits, and I, I, I said something. I said, I don't know, but he took it wrong, and I told him, I don't got a problem, and we squashed it real quick, dude. Yeah, man up. I, I right. asked and, you and directly. You, and, you ma- and I'm like, yo, I have no fucking problems. I messaged you right back. Yeah. We were cool. People don't fucking do that nowadays, no. dude. And no. I, I'm going to say I, I really respect Gus for, for getting back to me and, and me shooting back at him. Like, we're both like. Straightforward. fucking Mexican. I grew up in fucking Whittier, bro. Like, I'm not... Yeah. I, I might talk like a white guy, but I didn't grow up around them, you know? Pochos are... Uh, yeah. Pocho is like a Spanish word for Mexican-American. Yep, you know that's I mean? me, dude, because I didn't grow... But the thing is, is Gus has a respect to do something like that. And I feel like that's something cool that you did with social media where, you know, if someone's got a fucking problem, just say something and then yeah. and you could squash it really fucking quick, right? Yeah, because you know the thing the thing about social media and you know we can talk about this in a little bit later, but the thing about social media is one person will say one thing and another person will say one thing, or a third party will say one thing, and I don't want to hear from the third party. I want to hear directly from the source. So I'm old school. I grew up old school. I'm gonna come at you straight up. Hey, did you say it? Yes, no? Then get it. If you did, you didn't, we're either gonna not squash it or we're going to squash it. Either yep. way, I don't, I don't really give a shit. You know what I mean? As long as we get to the point right away so that we're not sitting there like half or 90% of these motherfuckers were like, I hate that guy over there. But then they go and shake his hand. You know what I mean? Like, hey, how fucking mad does that make you, dude? That's lame as fuck. Oh, 
fuck. I don't mean to cuss on here, but I'm not that kind of person anymore. But if you, I mean, the thing is, you got to just be straight up with people. Yeah. And, and uh, I get it. You know, younger generations aren't used to being confrontal. They're not used to fighting. They're not used to doing this. Like, we grew up, homie. Like, I, <laughs> I grew up in South Central, and I used to I used to fight every five blocks. You know, there was like 10 neighborhoods before I even got to junior high. So it's like, when you're doing that every day, and you know what it's I easy, what I what I said too to a lot of guys is that if I feel like a lot of guys on social media, even bigger guys, like they talk like they never got hit in the fucking face before. Yeah, I heard you mention that in a most recent podcast. It's the truth, right? Like yeah. you, I, I guarantee you back that 100. percent Most the thing is, I, I agree with you 100. percent And I also think that it's not so much about being scared about being punched in the face. I think because it's. Uh, it's become so socially acceptable to be confrontational on the internet because there is no face-to-face contact. I mean, let alone people can't even generate a conversation anymore because of social media. So because you can't even have a conversation with someone because you don't interact with anyone, you just interact over this like phone or a computer, that sense of reality is gone when it comes to like disrespecting and you know being mindful of things that will make people angry or make people happy. And, and the responsibility of a social media is that you have to, or once you gain the power of social media, you have to be respectful of that power and, and address it correctly. And a lot of people don't do that. They're just like, oh, you suck at drawing or, oh, you suck at fishing. And Do you get that shit? All the time. But really? You, my answer is very simple to all of you with social media. You know what media. I like, too, is, is uh, I don't know if this is a compliment or not. But you're excited when you catch a fish. Oh, I get that a lot. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, so to me, yeah. that's a new. Well, a lot of guys make it look like it's a newbie thing. Okay. Right, right, right. Because I get ex- I get fucking excited when I catch a fish. I can flip out. Dude, how the how are you not going to get? But excited? some dudes might not. They might catch the fish, flip it in. Cool, I caught it. I'm gonna fucking be like, oh my god, fucking fish out! You know, like scream. And you're that way, and I I like that. I, like I, that's cool, man. I mean, and from, the best video I like of that is you and Gary, <laughs> that white sea bass. I'm like, oh, this, oh, this guy's excited as oh, fuck. Dude. I'm like, fuck yeah, bro. You know, like that was dude. That was such an epic moment. I'm fishing with one of my dearest friends, Gary Reyes, and two, he just got his new boat, and three, we hooked the first white sea bass on the deck on right, his boat. Right? Hell yeah, I'm gonna be excited. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I back and, it. And then uh. I don't know. It's those rare moments in life, whether you're five years old or you're fucking 60 years old, the excitement to me will never change when it comes to catching fish, whether it's one pound or 12 or 15 pounds. You know, I've caught trophy fish in many classes and uh, that excitement will never leave me. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't feel like you should catch a fish, whether it's on a swim bait or a lure or whatever, and be like, yeah, yeah, uh. Yeah, that's what I do. Do you feel like it's that now that like it kind it kind of it can be it kind of is I, I, it kind of can like, be. I feel like it's it's a uh, I'm a goofy fucking asshole. I'm gonna tell you that right now. I'm a fucking goofy dickhead. I'm yeah. not cool. I never try to be cool, but I feel like I feel weird when I'm trying to be goofy. Like I put po- like you. I post a picture going like oh, I'm a fucking asshole and. I don't feel like the same way as some of these dudes that post these like pictures where they're like holding the 15 pounder going like, Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That face going like, Oh, the GQ pose, you know, like, and I'm like, and I oh. get it. I get what you're saying. Like, I feel like, is that a thing now? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe it, it is. It can. And I don't, I don't hate on that. Like if you can catch a 15 pound fucking large mouth on a swim bait, 
I respect oh, that yeah. 150%. Oh, yeah. So good, more power to you. But oh, yeah. I'm saying, like, is that a thing to take pictures like that? Uh, if I catch a five-pounder or four-pounder, like... I, I'm excited for that too, man. Like, you know, right. I mean, why why not show your enthusiasm of your of of your life when you hook a trophy fish or something that you've never caught before? Why not show that excitement? You know, hey, like mean? reservoir hogs, dude. Yeah, dude, he was so stoked, hey. bro. He just caught almost a DD. Hey. He missed it by two ounces or one ounce. Hey. I was there. Dude, I, I'm like, I respect that. Like, I saw that, and I'm like, oh, this guy's stoked as fuck. Super stoked, And the bro. reason I know it, he, he took a regular picture, but he tagged. And I'm like, you're happy, dude. I like that. Yeah. You're, you don't give a fuck. You're going to tag everyone. I'm happy. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. Totally. I like that. That That's good. That's a good man. Yeah. He's not afraid to tell where yeah, the lake is yeah, and all exactly. this other lame yeah. stuff that I people back do. That. I back that. Yeah. And he's he's grinding, bro. I mean, like a lot of these dudes grind like that. And I'm like, I, I back it 100%. Yeah. Me and Anthony, shit, man, or AK Reservoir Hogs. Well, we've been out there for the last week, like four days straight. And I've been out there with him on my boat. He's been on hey, his boat. How did you, you went to the first day, huh? First day it went Diamond bottom. Valley? Dude, it was freaking. <laughs> I want to know from someone that's oh been there. So tell me the line. What time did you get there at? Bro, okay, so DVL, first of all, for you guys that don't know, it's my home lake. You know what I mean? Like I me and my my best friends, Ben and Louie, we go there all the time. Louis, it's my home. Big Louie, dude. Big Louis. Come on. So it's our home lake. So obviously I know what the line is gonna be like. And so I got there. I got there. Uh Anthony texts me at I think like Two o'clock. He's like, bro, there's already three cars. PM, PM the day before. The day be- and I was like, what? So then he texts me and I'm like, I'm doing the family thing with my family and we're taking photos. You know, my <laughs> wife is, she's beautiful. She's pregnant. And, and we're doing. Oh, she's pregnant again, bro? Y- yeah. What? <laughs> again. What the fuck, bro? Yeah. Going Calm on num- down. Going on number six. Hey, get your- we're going to go find me to get his balls cut. You don't need to go fund Damn, me. I'm just going to cut them off in the dude, kitchen. Dude, you got to do it, man. That is a lot of fuck. Are you crazy? This is officially our last one. Me and my wife have is finally it? decided that this is it. Is yeah, this we're a, done. Uh, the last one was a boy or a girl? Uh, girls. So I have one boy and four girls. You want one more boy? Oh, uh, we'll see. At this point, it don't matter. Are you matter. hoping? No, not really, man. Like, you don't give a fuck. You just want another kid. I really don't. It really doesn't matter at all this right, point. All right, to be honest right. with you, like some people be like, yeah, I want another boy. Like, no, I get it. The one before this one, I was like, yeah, I want a boy. And I was so angry that she came out a girl. But now when I see my daughter, Cleo, she's just like the most, I wouldn't want it any Cute other way. Cute little girl, man. So with this last one, honestly, it doesn't even matter. Hey, I love how many kids you had. With this last one, it's not like a kid. The last one I had, whatever the fuck it was, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. because I have, uh, my last one was supposed to be a girl and it's a boy. He's three. But we try, I have a 15 a uh, nine or ten, yeah, and a fucking almost three. Oh, the three-year-olds, boy! I got one oof, of those right now. Hot, they're hot, dude. They sh- fucking run their mouth, dude. Dude, oh little RT, I call her my Raptor, bro. <laughs> she is my Raptor. I my love wife, that. my wife goes. She is a splitting image of you as a girl. And runs the mouth off, dude. Fucking. She is me as a little girl, and I'm just like, oh my god, just full of life, full of enthusiasm, just like. She goes a thousand percent from the morning she from the time she wakes in the morning till the time she goes to bed, bro. She is exactly like me, and it's just like, I mean, I I don't spank, so the timeouts are like endless. You know what I mean? I'm but here with you. She's finally learning what a timeout is. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you got to do it. You got to yeah. do it. Yeah. But 
Uh, yeah, I want so to know about yeah. Back to back DVL. To, yeah. So DVL. So Anthony calls me. Uh, so I, I finally we do the I do the family thing. I finally get there like at seven thirty, bro. When I got there at seven thirty, I was number seven in line. By midnight, there was, um, I want to say twenty seven boats. Fuck. Yeah. So you were seven. There's twenty more fucking by. Yeah, we filled up. You Fuck know, like that maybe. front entrance right when you turn the you corner. You did two times of filling up. Yeah, right? we, it oh was four lines. Four lanes we filled up. Oh my god! So we filled up four lanes before the gate even opened, and then it started going down the road. The thing was, like, a lot of us didn't want to get stuck on the highway because the cops came by. They wanted. They were going to give people tickets, and then sure enough, they did. They came by, and they were making sure no one was on the highway. Oh my god! And uh, so, anyways. Finally, I think at one o'clock, and I was talking to Nolan, a uh, swim bait guy out there, and we were just kind of hanging out until the last car got there so that we can all go to sleep finally. Whoever was going in the street, we didn't care about that. You know what I mean? You're on your own. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we woke up at like four o'clock. They opened the gates. They moved us all the way up the hill, bro. Like, you know, like you go all the way up the hill and you can see the lake. Yeah. So they moved us up to there at 530 because the line was so long. That it went from the top of the hill all the way down the mountain, all the way down, all the way out to the street, and like two miles out. It was fuck. It was stupid, bro. Rawson's Cove had like 52 boats in it. Oh, my God. I was like, dude. dude and then it sucked. <laughs> That's what I, he like, said. That's what so Anthony said. I caught this fish. And then the boats came on the fucking lake, and I'm like, "Is that the truth? Like, that's I, think, I get it. Like, no problem. Like, I know two months of the lake being shut off. Yeah. Those fish haven't felt no vibrations of motors, trolling motors, fucking sonars. Nothing. You think that made a big difference? I believe so. I yeah. mean, it's, I mean, it's right. for as long as I've been fishing, I think that much boat launching going on. Those fish were like, "What the f is going on?" Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. so, I think they kind of scattered and hunkered, hunkered down. And I think the first boats that got out and got on those main areas, because yes. even though Diamond Valley is a big lake, it's 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 relatively small as yeah. far as like good fishing areas. So it is. It's not a that big of a lake. It's a, it's it's a decent sized lake. It's yes. one of our biggest reservoirs in yeah. SoCal. But as far as like areas that you can fish that are productive constantly, there's not many. So okay. the people that got on those spots, I think the first few hours they caught fish, and then everyone else was like, "This hot. sucked. It was yeah. hot and." It was tough. It was tough, man. It was a really tough. Bite. Dude, that's I managed. Hard, I managed man. like four, four small ones and one legal fish, but that was about it. You know what I mean? You did pretty good the next uh, couple weeks, though, right? No, I went back the next few days and then um, had that new moon coming up and that big, the biggest moon of the season. Yeah, I saw oh, that, bro. There was if you if you are dedicated to bass fishing, well, let's just say we saw some. Here's the question some, for you. Some record breakers at the lake. I like for sure. This is a good question. Are you only fishing swim bait or everything? No, hell no. I fish everything, bro. I like that. Yeah, no, I'm 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 a fisherman, which means I use many tools in my arsenal to go fishing. Do I prefer swim bait fishing? Of course. Of course, because right. I'm trophy hunting. So you know, I've been fishing a very long time and I you know, I know I dude I I can use a Cinco till the wheels fall off. I can use an Ica in 20 different ways. I yeah, can, yeah. I can use jigs all day long. Am I going to use them when the timing's right? You bet your ass I am. I mean, I work hard, and when I go out there to go fishing, I'm going to go fishing. I'm not going to limit myself to <clears throat> saying that I'm just a swim baiter because I'm not. Um, my resume, as far as fishing goes, I've, I've people that know me, they know that I'm a fisherman of multi-species, and I have trophies in multi-species in different states. I mean, I got double-digit bass, not only in California, but I also got them on the East Coast. So mm -hmm. it's not 
to me, it's not about just swim bait fishing. So, like, I get it, like, you know, with this whole new swim bait culture thing, everyone thinks I'm just a swim baiter. And when they meet me and I have to tell them, like, no, I'm not. And then they get to uh, finding out about my resume and they're like, holy shit, Gus is catching 55 pound stripers on swim baits. And, you know, so, and, and tarpon, 250 pound tarpon and yada, 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 you know? Yeah, I mean? yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just asking that question because I feel like uh, swim baiting is like a, it's, I keep grinding this out. Like I've done it with T. I'm like, I've, I like it. It's its own thing, you know? Like, and I, Most I don't, I don't disrespect that one bit. Like it's its own, like little, like, uh, identity it's yeah like, identity right there like that's it that's its thing but i, I want to know if you do more than that so that's why i most ask definitely, it you know yeah, like most definitely. that's pretty fucking cool like well the thing is is if you're if if you're very avid fisherman especially <clears throat> a bass fisherman yeah um you understand moon phases you understand temperature change pressure change water temperature and so you understand that there's going to come times of the day when I see people out there throwing swim baits and I'm like, you're literally wasting your time. You're going to throw that swim yeah, bait for like 20 yeah. hours. You ain't going to get bit. And if you do, yeah. you're, it's just like a blind bite. But um, lately, the studying that I've been doing, it, it a lot of what Butch said on your podcast has a lot to do with it. You know, I've recently become, I've never, never got to meet Butch. I've always seen Butch at Castaic when I was younger. You but met he, him at a... Fred Hall, Fred Hall, yeah. But the thing is, is that when I used to see him as a kid... Or I call myself a kid. I was a teenager. <laughs> but now that I'm older, I'm hey, like... Hey, so do we all. Those, those are kid days. But when I see him at Castaic fishing, he's like he's like that guy. You're like, oh my God, there he is. But you don't want to fuck with him. You know what I mean? Yeah, you kind of want to just let yeah. him do his own thing. And even till this day, you kind of do that. And uh, I've been lucky enough that I became friends with Butch since Fred Hall. And we've been having long conversations about certain things. And I've been applying some of those theories and... I mean, you've been seeing what I've been catching. They're working. You had a new video you did on Swimming Underground. What was that? Oh, that was a nine, almost an almost a ten pounder, nine and a half. On what? On the new Swimbait Underground, uh, Butch Brown series bait. Nice. Yeah, that new Golden Shiner. Yeah, I have one of them. Yeah, I, I mean, I caught a two pounder. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, told, I, I suck at it. So <laughs> when the, when people watch the the video, I wanted to make sure that I told people it wasn't like straight out of the box, even though it swam good straight out of the box. I mean. It wasn't, and I felt that it was it was important that I let people know, like, no, this was tuned by Butch, and it's it's modified to the fullest, bro. And that's same thing, same, bro. Over oh here. my god, dude! <laughs> I got one of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and it, and it swims good. He he tuned like six of my baits, and he gave me one. That's and, nice, bro. He's yeah. he's such a nice guy. Dude. Yeah, he's like, great, and and he's fuck, gonna man. He's gonna be know? a big part of our autism fundraiser in November. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, so fuck we're excited. Yeah. We're excited. So, anyways, uh. Yeah, so I fish everything, man. You know, I fish whatever it hey, takes to get bit. Fish everything. Yeah. If you're going to go out, okay, first of all, let me tell you something. If you're going to go out there to go fishing, right? Y'all motherfuckers lying to yourselves too, by <laughs> the way. If you're going to go out there and go fishing and say, oh, I'm only going to throw swim baits and this and this and that. Hey, more power to you. That's cool. You want to be that guy. But Caesar is another good example of going great out dude, there. Great dude. Yeah. Of going yeah. out there. He's got, he makes a bait that everybody wants but caesar will go out there and throw a a, a a spy bait you know that just goes to show you that he is a fisherman he wants to associate with the stoke of catching fish right even though he's a swim baiter even though he makes swim baits i'm just like that i'm just like him like i've just gotten to the level where i don't use it as much as often anymore i don't use yeah, the jigs as often yeah, yeah, anymore yeah. i don't use the 
the Cinco's. I don't use the spinner baits. I don't use the the smaller lures, the crankbaits. Yeah. The reason why I don't use them as much is because now, I think with the angling experience that I have, I've I've grown to a, a point of trophy hunting, and so trophy hunting fish want big baits you know what i mean that's just the way it is applying it at the right time now that's the key you know what i mean and that's kind of what i'm doing now is i'm just fishing at you the feel right like times. you figure that out like as as a, as a most definitely you have most not so like, figure it out no 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 what i'm saying you figured out when you need to use a big bait most definitely yeah you have i mean from so many years yeah of and fishing, i'm just asking i i don't know yeah. like i I've only been doing this like four or five years, so I don't know. So yeah. I'll never talk out of line. So you've been doing it forever. So I'm like, you, just, you think you you kind of got the idea of like where I can go? Yeah. I, All I right. Time for I, a big bait. Or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, here's, you know, a prime example is the water's calm. It's hot. It's a bluebird sky. Cinco. All day long. Yeah. It's calm. Like the fish are going to be stuck to structure. They're not going to really move around as much. Okay. It's hot. Okay. Same day. The wind starts to blow. Mm-hmm. Now you got chop on the water. You're on a windblown point. You're creating current. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for the swim bait. So before, you would just I would just be throwing the swim bait all day if I didn't know any better. And I'd be just throwing the trees or whatever structure I could find. But now I understand, okay, the moon is setting at 1.30. The wind is going to pick up at 2 o'clock. And... There's so when wind, that wind picks up, you're looking for that. Yeah, fucking- the moon is setting. The wind, the wind is blowing on a point. What do you think I'm going to do? I'm going straight to that. I'm going straight to those points where yeah. I know are holding big fish. Yeah, and I'm going to fish big baits because I know my chances are up ninety percent on hooking up on a bigger on a bigger fish at that point, as opposed to it being a calm day and it's sunny and I want to fish slower. You got to go to the finesse game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Am I going yeah. to do one or the other in between? You bet your ass I am. I'm out, there, <laughs> I'm out there fishing, man. You know what I you mean? You got to, right? I'm a fisherman. Yeah, you catch or everything. Or whatever Have you been throwing big baits for those uh, trout, too, those brown trout? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Those, I mean, we throw like... You haven't traveled much for the last, what, three or four months because of this fucking COVID. Shit. Yeah, dude. Like, you know, me and trout fishing, I'm, a, I'm an... It's probably my most favorite thing to do, to be honest with you. Really? Trout fishing is my thing. And, and like... What sucks about it is like the Sierras are closed and that's the closest we have. But um, I've been going a lot to Utah, you know, Utah holds some nice freaking fish. And then, of course, and if you guys have followed me on my social media, I go to Milwaukee and I'm just hooking monster freaking browns on on small swim baits and big crank baits with my nice, friend Mike dude. and Mark. So yeah. yeah. How did you meet Mike and Mark? Uh, oh, Mike, I've known him since, ni- since I was 19 back at the Santa Ana Shit, River days when we were really? catching 90 pound limits for trout when they used to stock it with giants <laughs> at a fucking at santa Ana river lakes the dude, butthole fuck man yeah yeah we've dude we've been fishing that since we were fucking 20 years ago bro we used to catch at santa Ana river lakes the trout they would stock and everybody get mad because they're like oh they're stock fish yeah but they were sick and they had tails and they guess pull what hard. i don't give a fuck dude they were oh we were we would catch like i remember one day on the jigs this is before jig fishing was even a yeah. thing I caught a... What were you throwing? What kind of jig? Oh, God. At that time, they were trout teasers because there wasn't okay. that many companies back then. Um, so we were throwing... A, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I caught two 17s, a 15, and a 21. Fuck, man. And I think like a 13-pounder. That, that was my limit. And like for us, like 10-pounders back then were like rats. 
<laughs> like we would catch shit, a ten pound trout, bro, and we would throw them back and shit. Yeah, no, so that Fuck. was so long ago. I mean, you're talking about like we would camp out at Santa Ana and barbecue. We would stay there for days at a time. You was, met him there, though. Yeah, me and Mike. Okay, we, we've All met right. there and we've been friends ever since. Nice. And you're a Kuma guy. You're sponsored by Kuma, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sponsored and Fuck I'm yeah. also a field tester for Okuma. Been Have with them you for uh, four years. dealt with any of the Savage Gear stuff lately? Yes. Oh, well, not lately. When. Um, uh, I want, I don't know how long ago it was now. Like two years ago, Savage Gear went through a transition when it left Okuma and they parted ways. And uh, mm. so we haven't really messed with Savage Gear since then. Okay. Um, before that, my actually Mike was in charge of Savage Gear, uh, USA at the time when when it used to be with Okuma as a distributor. But okay. now that they're not associated anymore, I don't really deal with. They it. got some cool shit coming out. Yeah, there. yeah, no, just, it's yeah, pretty cool, saw, and they yeah. got some good guys that are in charge of Savage Gear USA uh, now Baldonado, too. Rich Baldonado yeah. is like I think the painting guy. Yeah, uh, I don't he's know a great. Yeah, he's a great. Like I guess he did a lot of shit before everyone did. Oh, right on, Baldonado. Yeah, like he did it before. Like uh, he kind of like helped uh, Bass Jack. Oh, right on. Learn how to do it. So it's kind of like a cool Yeah, that that guy <laughs> that guy uh that that kid paints really sick. Dude, dude, he's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's always like, "Oh gosh, you know how to paint." I've been dude, I've been airbrushed since I was 13. And uh You know my a, cousin? Uh his name's Steve Van Diemen. Uh, I'm not sure. He works, he does classes for West Coast Customs. Yeah. yeah I've, I've been dude. going to that airbrush shop since I was 12, bro. Did you airbrush a lot too? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that You mean, still do or now? Well, when I was I got into airbrushing when I was 12, selling radios at the Swamine. And the, and the guy <laughs> that named, bro, at San Jose Springs, no, right? No, I was right there in Almoni. At oh, the, look at you, the one where you had. The, the, I know where that the is, dude, off, off of fucking at 605 right there yeah. in the 10. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, so I used to sell car radios. I started selling car radios when I was like 9 or 10 at the Swamine. And then next door, there was a guy that was airbrushing. And little by little, I would go next door and be like, oh, man, you know, being an artist, I was intrigued Did he help you kind of like learn your style? Yeah, so... So what I was going to say was what's cool was is that I went from selling the radios to the point where I was helping him draw his designs to no the way, point where dude. I quit selling the radios because I started helping him draw the, you know, that like you go to Swami and the airbrush and stuff for the girls and all that shit. Well, I got to the point where I was drawing them and he hey, was painting them. the naked them. ones too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Back then it was like all the ditching party hey, airbrush I'll take hats. it, I'll take it, right? <laughs> yeah, and all the, all the beat. All the beat streets and all the beat bops beach and all that. Dude, beat streets, fuck, man. Airbrushing like the sweatpants and the big hoodie, white hoodie. Oh and all that. god, hey, fusion gang, bro. Fusion what was a quick fucking dance crew fusion. <laughs> And there's a fusion hotline, yeah. right? There's all that shit. Oh yeah, the hotline. Remember? <laughs> oh god, that's fusion. Really, hey, Looney Tunes, bro. Tiny Tunes. That's really good to tell you our age, right there, dude. This is my my area, so oh, I knew yeah. all that shit. Oh yeah, I grew up doing all that. So shit, So I huh? grew up was was cactus bunches <laughs> right here, Woodier Thresse, um, fuck, all kinds of gangs are right here. Like, oh yeah, dudes, I knew that Cole Street, all these fucking Whitt- gangs. Whittier's right. come a long way too, man. Now that it's, you know, it's so weird because. Where at, where we're at right now is decent, but it went up and down. Like it went real ghetto, and then went decent, then ghetto, and then decent. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. Uh, I went to Cal High, and you fucking worked around there, so it's kind of like you. Do you see the same shit? Oh, dude, did you grow up in Whittier? Did you did you live no, in Whittier? No, did no. you live in Whittier for a minute? No, my family lived in Whittier though. Like my brothers, my carnales, uh, my younger brothers. Where lived at? Here. Where did they grow up at? Right up the street, right here, dog. Off of um, off of Whittier and uh. Right there by the church right here, by the car Is it wash. Great? By the there's like a car wash over there. There's a church right in the middle of the hood right there. Oh, uh, right by of, downtown Whittier. Uh, yeah. 
Like the back little yes, neighborhood. Yes, I know what you're there. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they like lived over there for a long time. She'd we, always come down over this way. Well, when we left, growing up as a kid, long, long story short, a little background, I grew up in South Central. Yeah, if you guys never heard this, I'm gonna do. A, we'll do a quick uh, yeah, let's refresh. Just, let's because, just get that over. Hey, with. we do that. We do that here because we uh, had this people over uh, on here again before. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Gus has been on here before. You want to hear his whole story from the beginning? He's gonna do a quick refresher. Of what he did? He has a really interesting backstory. So we're gonna fucking kind of hit it real quick. So go. Since we talked about fishing for all you haters, they were saying. <laughs> now so that did, we did the fish talking. Hey, there was your ten minutes of fishing. So suck my dick, fuck. <laughs> now nah, we'll get back. We'll get back to fishing. But all right. So background story on me: I grew up in South Central. Um, grew up down there. YMCA. Mom, single mom, no dad. All brothers, one sister. Gang banging pretty much my whole entire young life. Um, survived through all that. Um. Then when we turned, when we pretty much all turned into teenagers, my mom couldn't handle it no more, so she moved us away from South Central. And then we hit like all the all the Chicano neighborhoods like Monte, Azusa, Baldwin Park, and all this. All the areas where Latinos live, that's where we pretty much moved to. Um, but we always found ourselves going back to LA, you know what I mean? And uh, um, I got it, my tattoo career got started because I was always around the homies in the neighborhood. And um, so doing homemade machine tattoos and all this stuff. When I turned 21, my son was already a couple years old, got hired at a tattoo shop. Uh, Lonnie Oster from Distinctive Inc. hired me, gave me a chance, just from showing off my compadre, big vato from 18th Street. My compadre was just this big dude, you know what I mean? And I did his whole back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And I pretty much walked into this tattoo shop, showed him my tattoos, like, you're hired. Hey, you got to listen to this story because it's a fucking funny-ass story. <laughs> go back to listen to this episode because it's funny. Yeah, go to the yeah, episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's just say I got hired on the first day. Some vato didn't want to show me what a mag was. <laughs> yeah. And my compadre, or I was going to throw him off the balcony because I was still all hardcore at the time. And my compadre came over and he's like, is this is this the vato talking shit? And, and uh, I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like. I'm going to blow up his car. <laughs> Anyways, that was my first day in the shop. Because mm-hmm. back then, tattooing was was hardcore, bro. No one wanted to show you nothing. It was very secretive. Hey, getting tattooed back then was hardcore. Yeah. How I mean, about that? Yeah, because you worked at biker shops and gang and you shops. Did, no one got tattooed unless you meant it. Oh, yeah. It I mean, wasn't like, let me get a sleeve real quick. or let me. Oh, It yeah. was like, if I'm going to do this, people are going to fucking talk shit. Like right off the bat, right? Oh yeah, and then this also, is like '98, right? Fucking no, you're talking about like '94, '97, '98. Yeah, '97, '98. Yeah, 98. yeah, dude. It was fucking sketchy. Still, like 
Oh, homie, it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was working. I worked at a shop in uh, Hollywood one time, and it was just straight. Everything in the book that comes to bad dealing stuff, it was there, dude. Right? You know what I mean? I mean and everything yeah. that ran through it was there. You know what I mean? So yeah. you're talking about people that are that are gang banging, biking, drug dealing, and all this shit, and growing up in that environment. You know, that environment of tattooing was where they still slapped your tattoos when you were done. And so, <laughs> asking a question about tattooing at the time was forget about it. Yeah. Ask even looking at tattoo artists or even trying to judge them, forget about it. Getting a face tattoo, forget about it. Getting hand tattoos, forget about it. The tattoo artists would tell you to fuck off and leave the door. You know what I mean? Because the only people that got those tattoos was you had to go through a process. You had to get a full sleeve. Then from the full sleeve, you got your chest, and then from the chest, you got your back, and then you were allowed to get your neck or your hands tattooed. I mean, of course, there was certain situations where there were certain people that can come in and get those tattoos, but that's because they were associated with things they were allowed to, you know what I mean? And so tattooing was really rough back then, and it was really crazy and yeah, hardcore, yeah, yeah, yeah. where motherfuckers were still fighting and shit in the shops. Or or I remember one time I saw this one about to go off on uh, one of the tattoo artists, and the fuck tattoo artist literally laid this motherfucker out as he was tattooing them. And then dragged him outside, didn't finish his tattoo, took his money out of his pocket, and that was Fuck it. Fuck him. And, that, and hey, what are you going to do? the only you, reason I, I, like, I like listening to your stories, too, is uh, Gus is legit, man. Like, you guys, I don't know if you uh, know him. He's a fucking hard dude. Like, he's been around shit. Like I've I know. Whittier, like, you worked at a hard shop in Whittier. You, like, so, like, I know about Gus before even fishing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, like I, you know, I, I know, I've known about him, so it's like, yeah, I respect what he's done, man. Thank like, you. you're hard. I mean, I've, sur- I've survived, you know, gang banging and, and and a lot of things in my life, bro. You know what I mean? And um, my artwork has kept me out of it, you know. And I've survived now to the point where now I'm more of a positive influence and stuff. And my background is my background. People know my background. <clears throat> People know how crazy I used to be. People know where I come from. People know what neighborhoods I'm from and all this other shit. But to me, that is not glorifying. You know what I mean? And my past is my past. Don't get me wrong. I was just talking about tattooing. And and my past growing up as a young Chicano or a Mexican-American or Latino-American, whatever you justify is the correct way of saying it. But for me growing up in that environment and seeing Chicano art and seeing, you know, the the, the neighborhoods all around me, the you know, the homies from White Fence and the homies from 18th Street and, and going to their, their neighborhoods and being influenced by their art and... Uh, I, I wouldn't be the artist I am today, you know? And if for me not working in these hardcore tattoo shops, like, I would not be the artist I am today if I didn't experience those things, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, my background is crazy for the people that know who I am, but at the same time, I'm thankful for that part of my life because I wouldn't be who I am today um, as far as growing up that way, you know what I'm saying? So back to the... Back to the tattooing. So anyways, that's how I got my job in tattooing, 21. Started in a shop. Um, uh, started tattooing, got the job. And then uh, by the time I was 24, 25, I got my first publication in Tattoo Magazine. And that pretty much set off my career. And I started getting invited to all these special events. And then I started winning awards. By the time I was 28, I want to say... Um, I had over 400 international awards all over the world, wow. like fucking 20 publications in multiple countries, and it was crazy, bro. I mean, I thought I was big balls to the wall. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I was, so the, the other I was question I have is you never really got into your health. Right. You were a big Gus. 
Yeah, I got my name Big Gus actually through a homie at the shop that was like, he's like, hey, what's up, dog? One day he walks in and he, this this is a good story. He walks in and I was like, oh, what's up, dog? He's like, hey, man. He's like, what's up, big dog? And I was like, he's like, you know what, Gus? He's like, you need a name. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I got a name. Like a neighborhood name? I already got one. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, you need. Hey, you what need, was your neighborhood name? Uh, It was Bjor, which in English, it's worse. <laughs> And the, the only reason it was called my name, my nickname was worse because if you knew me back then, it was worse if I had to come collect your debt. Oh wow, that's so a that's, good name. Well, that's how I got the name. So what's the white guy name? So no, <laughs> well Big Gus. <laughs> and so he, my homeboy walks in. I, I'll never forget this shit, man. And he walks in the shop. He's like, "Yeah, you need a name, man. You know." He's like, "You're a big boy, you know, Big Gus, man. Big Gus, that's your name." He's like, and. Dude, that's how I got my name, Big Gus. This guy walked, he used to, he was a guy who got tattooed at the shop, mm-hmm. walked in that day, started bullshitting me. He was there yeah, all the yeah, time, yeah. and he called me Big Gus, and then next thing you know, everyone in the shop's calling me Big Gus, and next thing you know, it's all my business cards, and voila, here I am, Big Gus. And I was but a big boy. I was a big I'm boy. Saying. That's what I want to talk about is you had a health scare, right? Like, Yeah. yeah what so, happened? So, so what can so, you talk about exactly what happened? Yeah. Like, I'm a big boy, so I want to fucking know. So tell me, bro. I'll, I'll so tell, tell me what I got to do. So let's rewind <laughs> and go back to, by the time I was 27, I got the success of all that other bullshit and blah, blah, blah. And then by the time I was uh, 32, I got asked to be on a TV show um, because of who I was in the industry. To bring legitimacy to the show, they wanted somebody who had been in an industry, who had the respect of the actual industry itself to yes. go along with the people that were on TV. Yes. Um, and so I decided to do the TV thing to showcase what true tattooing was. And I thought it was just going to be like a quick little like nine episode thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll show what true tattooing is all about. And then I'm out. I didn't think it was going to turn into a worldwide phenomenon and seven years of filming. and Seven almo- years, bro. Yeah. And almost a hundred episodes. Fuck. Yeah. You almost syndicated. Was Almost, it, was, we were so close. We were at eighty. We were at eighty-seven, hundred. Oh fuck! Yeah, man. we were thirteen away from syndication. Oh, that's nice. Um. So yeah. So you know, like my success is pretty broad. You know, and for some people that don't know me in the fishing community, and they're uh, what's funny thing about it is is that I see people grovel and and fight over the smallest amount of notoriety that people get on social media, and then here I am with. A damn TV show and all this other success, and I could honestly care less. My friends always say, like, Gus, you're the most famous guy without wanting to be famous. And I don't think it's because I don't want to be famous. I think it's because I just focus more of my energy towards what I love doing, and that's art and tattooing and fishing and stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm not driven by by the followers or by how many years I have been on television. If anything, I always thought being on television, G, you know, you grow up, you're like, oh my God, got my own TV show. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a rock star, you know. Give me this, give me that. And you know what? They did, they did. Don't get me wrong, homie. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. every minute of the free shit because growing up in yeah. the hood, growing up in the hood, you want free shit. I get it, I get it. You know it. what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, the free drinks, the restaurants and all this stuff which is going to get me to my point is what led me to getting even bigger. You know what I mean? And so I was in high school. I was fit. I played football. I was always a big boy. Then I got out of high school, had my son started tattooing. I got really big. I got to like about 225 pounds or something like that. Later T. You out T? No, it's fucking hot, dude. 
Oh. <laughs> hey, you can take a sip. Yeah, leave it open. It's fine. Hey, leave it open. It's fine. Go grab, grab it. You want it? You want some? No, I got beer. All right. Hey, fuck off. <laughs> and where was I? I yeah, big boy. Oh, like so a... I was, yeah, so I was two. I got to like two twenty-five. Okay. And then, uh, and then I started working in Orange County with this guy named Franco Vescovi, who's an amazing artist. I learned a lot from him at this place called Ink House. And then um, I got introduced into MMA. Um, I got introduced into MMA because my my daughter Brisa, her her uncle is a professional MMA fighter. Who's that? Uh, Johnny Cisneros. He's known as Tattoo Terror. Okay. And uh, so, anyways, I got into it for losing weight, right? So then I did MMA. I dude, anything I ever do, bro, I go like a hundred and fifty percent, right? And so when I'm going one hundred and fifty percent. I got into MMA. I did it for seven years. I did the whole training, fighting. You lost I, weight. I lost mad weight. I got a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. Like, I went full on. Like, and I loved it. And it disciplined me. I used to be really hot-headed. So how much did you weigh? I weighed 250. I got down to uh, 200 okay. when I did MMA. All right. But I was like fit as okay. fuck. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Like, I was like super fit, right? Then I quit doing that because I got the television show. Television show, I started doing that, seven years of that, and I just, the party life. How much did you weigh was your beer max after that? So, what ended up happening was, like, at 36, I got asthma. Mm -hmm. I I had it as a kid. I got asthma at 36. I got it back. I don't know why. At 36, all of a sudden, my body decided that I'm going to be allergic to everything. And so, I have what's called allergy asthma. So, they started giving me this drug called prednisone. I heard of it. Um, And so, prednisone... Um, taking it actually made me gain a hundred pounds in a year. How much did you weigh, dude? At the end? So at my heaviest, bro, I got. I mean, okay, I'm not just gonna ba- blame it on the fucking drugs either. It was obviously being famous, hey, beer, and, and beer, <laughs> and and drinking a whole bottle of yeah, Patron. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. you know the Costco sized bottles of Patron. You would kill them. I can kill one of those like in like in a day or two, bro. You don't drink like that no more. At all. No, uh-huh. no, not at all. No, no, nothing. No. Weed. No, I quit all that. Bro. There. The thing is, is for me... You don't drink... Be like, hey, let's have a couple beers. You'll have that, right? Oh, yeah, I'll do that. Okay, Social, that's I'll it. Socially, that's it, though. You have yeah, control. Well, I finally have reached a point in my in my life where I'm able to control my okay. food my food addiction because here, here's the thing about going back to... You know what? To, you're talking to me, dude. Yeah. You're talking so, to me, bro. So, well, the thing so is... that's why I'm listening to you. I want to fucking know because well, this is me. Well, here's the thing, bro. It's <laughs> like, you know, having, having dealing with anxiety... And part and some parts of depression. Yes. Being ADD, having ADHD, having all these things. As an artist, my mind never shuts off, right? Mm-hmm. So my mind is never at rest. Like it's constantly wanting to be creative. I can never shut it off. And so food is my way of dealing with that stress. Hey, right? this guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reality of it. When you're a big motherfucker, you know what I'm talking I about. I am. I'm a big I, everyone knows I'm a fat fuck, you, and I've gained, dude. I've lost, I've lost a hundred pounds three times. Well, dude, three fucking times, bro. And it and it always comes back even more. This every time you gain, this it, is the worst back. I've been from the fucking podcast. Well, here's like the, I'm like fuck. So I want to know what happened. So maybe it'll check me. Like okay, so this I is, keep cutting you off. I'm sorry. No, no, it's all good. <laughs> so this is what happened was is that I I had the party life, and then I'm taking this new drug. I think one month I gained like 35 pounds in one month. And what was the was, heaviest you got? So the heaviest I got to was 389 Fuck, at 510. Bro. I was big. 
I've never in my entire life have, have gone that big. Oh, my wife, dude. I just found out she was pregnant with her first daughter. Um, and and she re- was with you the whole time. Yeah, because my children are not all for my wife. No, so, no, 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 so no. But the, my your children, recent wife is the Well, one. I've never been married. I've only been married once. So let's just clarify that. <laughs> so my wife. My bad. Not my actual wife. wife <laughs> not baby mama. But my actual <laughs> wife that I, that I married under God's yeah. oath and all that. <laughs> Um, so we had just found out that she was pregnant and I went to a doctor's appointment and what had happened was from excessively overeating and drinking, I had torn, um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, pretty much I had tears in my intestinal tract and my stomach lining. I was abusing my body so much that I had started putting these gashes in my intestinal tract and my stomach tract. And so when I went to go do my physical, the doctor was like, Oh, there's something wrong. Last thing you want to hear your doctor says there's something wrong. And so it could turn into a form of um, uh, that disease where the food gets lodged. Gastro. Oh, my God. Derverticulitis. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Like Brock so, Lesnar, bro. So, yeah. <laughs> so derverticulitis is pretty much the same thing where you have these big yes, sores. Yes, they yes, fill yes. with food. They get intoxicated. Yeah. They pop. They open through your body and they can do all this bad yeah, stuff to yeah, you, yeah. right? So that's pretty much what happened to me. Fuck. I got. Man. I was really sick. I could barely. T- I couldn't even tie my shoes, bro. Like I couldn't even walk from from my fucking shop to my car at one point. It was so bad. My feet were so swollen. They thought I had Shit, heart problems. Um, but they found out it was because of the drugs. I was swelling with water. So, my how doc- long did it take you to get down to like what you needed well, to be? Well, I had to have preventative surgery to remove the damaged parts of my my uh, intestinal tract and okay. my stomach. So. Yeah. I had surgery. I almost died. Another thing I survived. I fucking... So I, I survived gangbanging <laughs> my whole life. I survived all this crazy shit. I've, I mean, fuck, but I, I don't even want to say how many times I've been stabbed or shot. But let's just say <laughs> I'm on the table, on the surgery table, and I almost die on the surgery table because... Was they that hit. the worst one? Like where you're stressed out like, fuck, man. Well, dude, that was scary. I mean, I'm going under. I've never had surgery. And I'm about to fucking... Have something happen to me that I've never had happen. God damn, guys! They hit my liver. I start bleeding to death on the surgery room. It was supposed to be like a four-hour surgery. It ended up being like fourteen hours because they couldn't stop the bleeding. And so I'm like, "Here, great! I didn't even know I was going out like that. Here I am going out being a fat boy on the (laughs) surgery table. I survive all this other shit and all these battle wounds, but I can't survive. And so, anyways, I survived that. Thank God. Yeah, Um, yeah. And everything goes well. And then, so for a period of time, I go through like a good three to six months of recovery. And in, within those three to six months, I can't eat a lot of food. I got to drink fluids. Like literally, I would drink like an ounce of fluid, bro. And it felt like I was drink, uh, eating a whole burrito. Like it was, it was gnarly. That's nice, bro. No, it was like I had, <laughs> no, no, just fucking with I had stitches like all over. I had a bruise. How on. quick did you lose weight though? Well, okay. So this is how swollen I was from overeating and drinking. And the four days I was in the hospital, I literally lost a 45 to 50 pounds of water. Oh, my God. So I sat in my hospital bed. I was there for like six or seven days in the hospital. And I literally watched myself deflate. It was crazy to see. It was crazy, bro. Like, I'm a fat boy. Like, my wife will go, when you stop drinking, like I stopped drinking beers for like a week, she'll be like... Oh my god, your face is so skinny. Yeah. 
You know, like you get so swollen. Yeah, it's from all it's the like, yeast. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Yeah. And I I think that's a it's cool for you to talk about it because it's like there might be other I, there might be other fat guys like me, dude. Like maybe they need that. No, you know man. What I'm you know what? Like, I've 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 been reached out to. I don't know about. I want to say right, right as of right now, maybe like ten or twelve guys that have reached out to me on social media, and I've gave them a formula, and I've and I've been like kind of like their. Coach yeah, dude, you're great. You look great now, bro. You know, like, and, you and, know? I'll, and I'll encourage them. Like, I always, I always look at it like this, bro. And I, I think I've told you this before. Is for, for every pound I lose, and it's, it's an, it's worth the extra year of life I have with my children on this planet. And it gives you another inch on your dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's not I'm true. Just, my balls just got longer. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you guys. <laughs> No, but it's 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 very motivating. Like I, I I think that's a really cool thing to tell people. Like you know, like uh, dude. Yeah. So I sur- you, you can't. You don't want to die, man. Is you this- don't want to die, and that's pretty much what and it came down to. Giving you the warning, man. Like yeah. that's cool. That was. I, I looked at it like you know that's God's last thing. Like dude, bro, your nine lives are over. Right. You survived this. Now, even though I had parts of my stomach removed, I could still, it could still go back to normal. The, the do human anatomy. Do you eat the same or no? No, no, not at all. What do you not eat at now? All. So now, since I've had that surgery, I've been on super strict diets where... And it's been, what, years, right? Like what? It's been a little over two years now. Okay. So I, I lost So you total. had that surgery maybe like six months before you came on. Yeah. Yeah, because wow, I had lost man. a little bit of weight by then. Because I called right? it Big Louie, dude, instead of Big Gus, and you're like, I'm Big Gus! <laughs> yeah. You were so skinny then. I'm like, you motherfucker, you're not. Dude, I lost a total of 205 pounds. Dude, that's amazing. Congrats, bro. Yeah, thank you. And I've kept it off for over two years. That's amazing, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, bottom line, man, for all you big guys out there and and you yourself included is. Hey, fucking asshole. What are you trying to say? You're a big guy. (laughs) I am. I am. The thing is. Like I said, I've lost 100 pounds fucking three times. It's not healthy. I'm not healthy. No, and, and the thing is, is like. It, it pretty much, bro, it's not about exercising. It's not Eating about how right, many things bro. you can lift. It's all about what you put in your mouth. And food, and then I will say it over and over again when people ask me, food addiction is just as much as an addiction as alcohol and drugs. And so when you're able to finally take control of that, whether it's through, and I didn't do it on my own. I did it with the help of my doctors. I did it with the help of my wife, my beautiful wife. She was there every moment. Hey, that's what you need. I call my wife the Viking <clears throat> because she's a fucking Viking. She's yeah. She's a motherfucker, dude. That's good, right? That's and you, you need, need that. Though. You got the same thing, I'm dude, sure. Dude, my you're... wife is five two, freaking. And she'll fucking her tits weigh more than her whole body, <laughs> and she'll and, fuck and, you up, right? But she loves me, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, you know, she's like, no, you, you're gonna die, like, and so, oh man, you with need the help that, of her and and her cooking and changing this and that and the the five small meals a day for me, that's what works. You know what I mean? Higher protein, more vegetables, and. And you get a little break. You have some drinks here and there. And I, do. Like, I, mean, I do. Yeah. I mean, the difference now is, is like, for example, <laughs> what happens me- when you drink five beers? You fucked up. Huh? I can't drink five beers. I'll be hammering. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, <laughs> 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 Hey, over here in the other room. Uh, all of a sudden, you're like, when the fuck did Cheech walk in the room? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the difference now is, is that. I, I watch what I eat. Um, it's it's the sugar content is completely low yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So it's again, it's all about what you eat, what you put in your mouth, and that's pretty much ninety nine percent of your success rate. So that's the best advice I can give you guys. High protein, lots of vegetables, 
and don't and be lazy. Is, this is a good podcast about Gus himself. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we talked about Gus. Do you want to hear any points like about uh, swimming cultures? Uh, if you should lead anything like that? No, no, no. Just you got anything you want to talk about? Well, anything on your mind, bro? Like you can yeah. think about now. Well, I mean, when it comes down to like my history of, let's just go to the history of my, of uh, of um, because I've been getting a lot of like, how does uh, the clothing thing come into play, right? I've been what, getting what a lot of clothing, clothing, like the fish lead, yeah, shit? like fish lead and swim bait culture. Um, I've been getting a lot of like, how did you get started and all this stuff and. So time, man, you put fucking time, time. In, bro. Yeah. So fish lead originally was actually just a group of fishermen. I started. Oh God, 2003 is when I came up with the name Fish Elite and then the logos and all this stuff. And I was filming. I went back to the lakes, Santa Ana River Lakes. And that's when I decided like, hey, everyone had fishing teams at the time because people were doing like trout tournaments and all this shit. And so I wanted to get a group of my friends and start Fish Elite. And so that's what we started. It turned out of control. A good friend of mine that I loved dearly at the time. We put him as a team captain, and he started inviting all these people that we didn't Who's know. The, do you mind asking me? I don't, I don't know this shit. So, Who was the team captain at the time? So this guy, Tiny, which everyone knows in the industry, okay. he's a very well-known fisherman, very okay. well-respected. Do you still talk to him? No, I do not, unfortunately. That's sad, bro. Tell yeah. him to say what's up, bro. Well, the, the, thing is, is that, the thing is is that you know you start, you start these, these groups, right? And... These teams and all this stuff, and people want to do these clicks, which in fishing, there's a lot of that. You know what I'm saying? And so I never wanted Fish Elite to be a click thing, and unfortunately, it turned into that. <clears throat> Pretty much, it ended up being something where people started backstabbing us, and people started talking trash about us, and I was like, you know what, man? I'm not... That's and not me. The yeah, older yeah, I get, yeah. like, you guys know me, so I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah. not about drama. So I cut my ties with Tiny and the rest of these guys. The only people that stayed with me was Big Lou and Ben. And so that's when hey, I decided. Big Lou's the best. Bro. Yeah. I was at Savon. I'm sorry for cutting you off. No, he's my pit bull. And bro. I'm fucking like, uh, yo. And I'm like, uh, he's like, hey, Nick. And he shakes me. And uh, sorry, Nick, this is here. And uh, I'm like, what the fuck? And we start talking. And yeah. It was fun, man. Like, he's, yeah. He's a fucking great I guy, love Louis. man. Louis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Louis is my best friend, bro. Like yeah. he will come pick me up in the middle of the freaking desert at three o'clock in the morning. Great if guy, I have to, man. You know. And so anyway, so um, we kind of ignored everyone's drama. We kind of ignored everyone's negativity, and I decided to make Fish Elite an actual company. Um, when I decided to do that, I trademarked it and I did all the legal stuff that you do. Um, before that, I was already working with the company called Solon Clothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's how I got into the whole like uh clothing lines and distribution yeah, and yeah, all this yeah, stuff yeah. and are you still working with them i do yeah okay. i'm still with them till this day and black flies right yeah and black yeah, flies right, i've cool, been with black man. flies for a long time hey, that's kind of hey, hook it up bro <laughs> i can i just fuck it with you bro but that's kind of like how i got my introduction into retail yes you know yes, and so my introduction into retail was through stolen uh, my friend ryan smith is a great dude he introduced me to like how things work I used to go to the magic show, understanding like the background behind growing a company as far as fish clothing. I applied that to Fish Elite when, once I started to trademark it. Mm -hmm. So ignoring ignoring the drama, turning it into a business, keeping to ourselves and staying positive. Fast forward five years, it grew into a great company. Um, and because of that, now we, as you know, we give a lot of stuff to kids. We do a lot of uh, fundraising. We do a lot of other stuff. Great stuff. Um, everything that I do is all hand-drawn original shit. Yeah. It's not 
cropped art. I'm not a fan of cropped art. What I don't, what I do is all original stuff. Yeah. I don't do that stuff. So, anyways, that's Fish Elite's background. Um, if you want to come at me with like, I don't know my stuff about retail. Nah, you're wrong. I've been doing retail for a long time. I understand yeah. the strategies behind it. I understand what it takes to be creative. Yeah. I understand what it takes not to do, what to do. You know what I mean? If you want to start, it, if you want to start clothing clicks and all that stuff, more power to you. That's not officially. That's not what we do. My my advice to people that ask me about that because I've been asked a lot is, don't start clicks. Don't. Um, if you're gonna give your product away, give your product product away to that dad that's on the shore that's gonna be thankful that you gave him a shirt and he's gonna wear it hey, all the time. Hey, I back that a hundred percent, man. You know what I mean? That like, guy's gonna back it the fuck. Don't up, give it you know? to some guy just because he thinks he has an Instagram following. He's gonna make you cool. <laughs> and then next thing you know, you got you got trout gang wars and too many dickheads and fucking. You, and you got t-shirt gang wars, and I just yeah, look at it like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we don't associate with that. <laughs> and as much as people do that, it's like that's cool. More power to you. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. us. You know what I mean? So, anyways. Um, officially clothing as you know has grown now into an international company yeah, where yes, we don't yes. sell millions and millions of shit but yeah we're selling stuff in australia germany canada which is pretty rad to know that my no, stuff is I being bet, distributed that's awesome bro. something that i, I mean, started in my garage i guess necessarily yeah and, and it's still kind of garage mom and dad based yeah yeah, um, yeah it it has it has grown to that level now and so and then from that came swimming culture and now Swim Bay Culture actually... Huge. Dude, so I'm going to talk about Swim Bay Culture because I, I got a lot of shit for Swim Bay Culture in the beginning. So Swim Bay Culture started a year, a uh, little over a year ago, went to Toxic Day, um, got invited through Caesar. Caesar is an amazing person. He was one of my first <clears throat> introductions into this whole Swim Bay community thing. Before that, I was all solo. I didn't... never. You know how some people just don't want to yeah, be a part yeah, of the scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go to Toxic Day. Caesar's up there talking. He's like, oh, this is a culture, man. You know, we're a culture. This isn't just fishing and stuff. Yeah. Caesar doesn't know this. And I think I told him the story or not, but I just remember standing there listening to him talk. And I was like, I looked around and I saw so many people there. And I was like, holy shit, this is straight up like a swim bait culture. Boom. I literally that night got on my phone. Looked up the name, the trademarks, and all this stuff. Got it all. Nobody, nobody had it. I couldn't believe it. I Fuck, couldn't believe that man. nobody had it. Yeah. Got the trademark, got the name, did all the licensing, and then that took off. And then here we are, fast forward, and it's just growing and growing and growing. And I want to use my my good call. Like, all the stuff that I've done in my life, all the success yeah, that I've yeah, had in my yeah. life, I want to use it to give back. So that's pretty much where I'm at now, man, is... I just like giving back to the community, you know? I know I think you've done a great job of it. And I mean, the whole autism thing was amazing. Thank you. Um, yeah, I think I think you, you've done a positive thing. And I know there's haters. And it's like, what are you going to do? Well, here's the thing, There's man. haters anywhere you go, man. It's fuck it. You know, whatever. Well, you know, you get hated on for being successful. You get hated on for creating ideas and being <clears throat> a... Not somewhat original when it comes to creative concepts. I think that all creative concepts... Whether it's clothing, tattooing, or any form of creative art form, um, the there's always going to be hater, hatred, and it's always going to be influenced from something that was already existing before, right? In 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 art, we say that artists are the greatest thieves, and that's because that we can see something with our eyes, take it, and either we're going to use it exactly yeah, how it yeah, is, yeah, or yeah. we're going to use it and translate it into our own way. Oh, I agree. So, yeah. by by being original and all that stuff, you just got to, you know, 
Be positive, bro. Hey, roll with the punches. Roll with the punches, so they say. Hey, we'll, we'll fucking end it on that. Roll with the punches. <laughs> hey, thanks, Gus, for coming on. I feel like you did a really good job of like kind of like updating everyone on shit that's going on. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, I appreciate everything you've done for this podcast, man. Yeah, thank you. You made a fucking cool 100th episode. Uh, You're very welcome. Logo, a shirt, man. We still have some available, so if you guys want to grab it, hit me up. Yeah. And uh, check Stay out positive. Big Gus. Swim Bait Culture, Fish Elite, yeah. Big Gus Inc., Check all those out. Uh, anything else you want to plug? Don't forget, um, we already got a lot of sponsors for our Swimmates for Autism this November, and I just want to say thank you to all those guys that make it possible. Um, we couldn't have done it without you guys. I know some people are like, oh, my God, everyone's on this autism thing, and you know what? Now that I did it, and if other people are following suit, as long as they're doing it for the right reasons, I'm all for it. I'm not going to hate. You can buy my logos. You can buy my work. It doesn't matter. As long as you're doing stuff in a positive way, fishing, keeping the kids fishing, that's all that matters, man. So... Come this November, get ready, because we're bringing back Swim Bay Culture. we got awesome, awesome sponsors. Again, 100% of it's going towards the kids. Thanks for listening, guys. I appreciate you guys having me. Hey, even thanks again, all, brother. Even though it was all bullshitting, five minutes of fishing, five minutes of my life. <laughs> Thank you. And Thank five you. minutes of ranting. <laughs> all right, guys. Take care, brother. Later. Bye.